0: to hear an anointed,
1: powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory.
0: Hallelujah. Glory. Are you ready this morning? Good, because I am. Go to John's Gospel, Chapter 5. We keep talking about the time we are moving into, and it's going to be a time of signs, wonders, and miracles like never before. Signed, wonders, and miracles, and the power of God is going to be on display, and to people who are pressed into the kingdom and seeking the kingdom, it's going to be average to them. It's not going to be, oh, wow, look what happened. It's going to be, wow, it happened again. Praise God. Another person got healed. Glory to God. That arm grew out again. Doggone it. It just... You know, it's going to be a different attitude, and we've got to change that attitude through the Word of God. How I many you know we shouldn't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of, renewing of our mind? And through this, basically, most of the time, through the Word of God, through the fellowship, how I many you know that's how you have fellowship with God is through His Word? Yeah. You don't know much about Him outside the Word, but when, as you study the Word, you'll have good fellowship with Him, and these things will become natural as you think like He does. The Bible says we have the mind of. We have the mind of Christ, so we can think just like he did down here. You saw he was pretty calm. He'd heal people. He'd deliver people. He'd get mad at disciples who couldn't do what he had told them to do. So we're growing to the things of God, and one of the main things you need to learn about is your righteousness, your right standing with God that was provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. You are right with God, and you are right before the devil. I like that even better. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you've got rights before the devil, and he will listen to you as long as you know that you've got rights and act like you've got rights, praise God. He has no power here, no authority. How many know he was beat up pretty bad? Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll sit there and I'll meditate and I never really watch this stuff, but they have that, what is it, UCF, UCF, UFC, some kind of fighting where they get in a ring and these two guys beat each other until one of them's dead. I can see Jesus and the devil in the ring. <laughs> He's just slapping a snot out of him all over the place, you know what I mean? And the only people watching, remember, were demons. So they are saying, go Satan go Satan, go Satan. <laughs> get up, yeah. Get up, get up. <laughs> All right, John chapter 5, are you there? Yeah. My God, you should be by now. Look at verse 24. Jesus is speaking, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, so he's talking to you, he that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to what? Life. Now, this is for those who believe on him. How many of you believe on him? If you believe on him, it says you right now at this time, you have everlasting life. Say everlasting life. Now, what is everlasting life? That is the nature and life of God now on the inside of you. It's not that you'll live forever because how many know every person's going to live forever somewhere because you're a spirit being. So here it says you have everlasting life and because of that you will have no condemnation say no condemnation you know one of the biggest diseases in the church is guilt and condemnation people are still guilty for what they did 20 years ago guilty for what they did yesterday but notice you do not have to live that way because there is no condemnation for those who basically here it says has received everlasting life notice what else it says and shall not come into condemnation but is passed say is past. that means you have passed you have passed from death to life. You have passed from the old to the new. You have passed from the old nature to the new nature. You are not passing. If you're passing, you're trying to do it on your efforts because Jesus did all he could that you would pass. Mm -hmm. Are you listening? If I'm still trying to die to self, still trying to pass from one to the other, then I have to do it through what I do. And then if I do it through what I do, which you can't do, then you can pat yourself on the back for doing what you couldn't do anyway. So that's not it. It's already done. You have passed from death to life. You have the nature of God on the inside of you. You have a right standing with God today, not after 20 years. The the person who gets born again on the street today has the same standing with God that you do because it's Jesus' right standing and they have passed from death to life. Okay, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's just start in verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is right now a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, it's awful hard for us as people to give the ministry of reconciliation when we don't know that we've been reconciled ourselves. You're not going to do that. You're not going to tell people. You're going to magnify on their sin. You're going to magnify on their failings. And all that does is keeps you from operating in the things of God. But notice here he says he has reconciled us. Now, why is reconciliation important? It's important because if you haven't been reconciled to God, you cannot have fellowship with God. I mean, you know, anybody you've got something against, you don't have a good relationship with them. You may be able to fake it. Come on, I hate their guts, but I'm going to smile as they walk by and wave to them. Do you want to talk to them? Absolutely not. Well, yeah, praying for them, yeah, they fall down and die. <laughs> See, but there's a separation there. So reconciliation, really, your redemption wouldn't be any good unless you were reconciled to God because you couldn't have fellowship with God. And the main thing God wants with you is fellowship. He wants relationship with you. He wants a close, intimate place with you. And, and it wouldn't work out otherwise. Just, just go up to the next chapter. I think it's right there. Go to Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's see. I know you're in here someplace. Yeah, there you are. Verse 14. Now now notice what Paul says. He's talking about the new creation. He doesn't change topics here. He says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with? So that means I can be born again, still think I'm unrighteous, but I won't have any fellowship with God because he happens to be righteous. So what fellowship does it have? None. Look what it says. What communion has light with darkness? Well, we know light and darkness don't get along. So that's separated there. And one concord has Christ with the devil. None. So he's saying, you've got to come out of this mindset that you're half reconciled. You're half approved by God. But you are totally approved by God and have a great relationship with him because you have been reconciled. Reconciled means that everything that man has ever done in his past has been remitted, wiped out, taken away. So that means I don't have to fight the flesh because the flesh is actually dead. I have to deny and associate with the righteousness that I am rather than only associating with the sin and the flesh that I am. And most Christians are deep. Oh, that old flesh. I sinned yesterday, that darn flesh. I'm slowly dying today. I killed another part of me. And it's not the way it is because Jesus did it all for us. That's why we love him so much, my goodness sakes, because he did it all. We didn't have to do it, so we associate with it. So your sin nature was eliminated the day that you got born again. God has no remembrance of your past. How many of you are glad? My God, some of the past things I did come up in my mind, and I think God had to be either laughing or mad. I don't know which one, praise God. Because we all had a past before we got born again. He said he's taken our sins and put them as far as the east is from the... He's thrown them into the depths of the sea. He's blotted them out. He doesn't remember them anymore. But a lot of people pray and bring up their past, trying to get God to forgive them again. And Jesus already paid the price for that, and it's already been taken care of. So a man who's born again is in Christ. He has his nature, which gives him his righteousness, which gives him his power, which gives him his ability, which gives him his authority. All right, go to 1 John chapter 5. All First right, John chapter five. Look at verse thirteen. John says, "These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of His Son. How many of you believe yes. that you may know or realize that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of His Son?" So he's saying the things, the scriptures that I'm writing you are, are doing what? They're trying to get you to believe to believe that you have everlasting life, to believe that you're a new creation, to believe these things. That's why people who get born again and don't get in the scriptures don't realize that they have eternal life. They're still trying to get eternal life. But notice he wants you to know that you have it. Do you know that you have it? We do, don't we? We know if we die, drop dead right now, we know what's going on. We're going to heaven, praise God. That's all there is to it, because we know we have eternal life. But some people you ask, are you going to heaven when you die? Well, I've been pretty good. You know, you never know if I've been good enough or not. But that's not the way it is. It's that you know that you have eternal life, and that knowing came through people preaching it to you, through you studying the word, and pretty soon you come to a place where you are content, where you are basically, because you have eternal life life on the inside of you or the life and nature of God. So when you receive the nature of God, the old nature had to go. It had to go. There's no way. If, if light comes into this room, how many know darkness doesn't have a choice? They don't argue for 15 minutes when we turn on the lights on Sunday morning, whether darkness or light is going to stay. We throw the switch, light comes and darkness goes. Well, the day you got born again, that old nature, when the new nature came on the inside of you, the old nature got kicked out. Praise God. You're not a hybrid Christian. You're born again with God's God's everything. Notice, if, if you got born again and you're still a sinner saved by grace, then you got two daddies. Mm-hmm. You got Father God and you got the devil. Then when you die, you got to go two places. You got to go to heaven for a week and then to hell for a week, then back to heaven for a week, then back to hell for a week, to be in both families. No, it's not that way, and it's not what we've learned or been taught. It's already been taken care of. The new creation who you are can partake of God's divine nature because it's on the inside of you. He has passed out of Satan's dominion into the dominion of jesus christ praise god i mean this gets me excited i don't know why i just excited. why because re- fellowship has been restored to me i was never told that god even liked me much less wanted to fellowship with me i was always taught that if you just snuck in the back door the day you died and he was busy doing something else over here you'd get in but it's not that way god's been for us all along god wants us in fellowship with him and relationship with him all along that's why he put us into this world that's why he's here he wants a family praise god hallelujah All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, you have to be patient with Santa next week because, you know, he's a little religious. (laughs) You're going to have to sort out the good from the bad from him. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Look at verse 9. God is faithful. How many know that's true? By whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we were called into fellowship in our life. We're called to fellowship. Basically, we do that through our righteous standing with him. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the Father's presence without any guilt or inferiority or any condemnation. It also basically gives you the opportunity to stand in the presence of Satan and rule over him in every single area of your life. Now, we talk about the devil, but you've got to talk not about the devil, but the works of the devil. How many know worry is a work of the? Fear is a work of the? See, all these things, so, so we're not fighting, the devil's not appearing to us in our bedroom every morning. We're having a fight. But how I many know, worry may try to come into our bedroom when we get up. Fear may try to get in. These are things of the old nature and of the devil, and you have authority over those things. You don't have to worry anymore. No more bad days. My days of worry are over forever. My days of fear are over for. Ever and they can be because what he did by making us new creations so as you go through the scriptures you're going to find out in the new testament basically what it is it's a comparison between the righteousness of god and the righteousness of the law the righteousness of the law was given to mankind back then so that they would keep the law and become righteous with their own works how many know that didn't work so what did it do? It taught them that some better righteousness was coming, which was Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came then they were glad because they tried it. How many of you tried the law for a while? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to get saved. Look what I did, God. I went to church twice in a row. I paid attention today, Lord. You know, I didn't fall asleep during church. I'm gonna do no, no, it didn't work that way, praise God, because you tried and tried and you could not become righteous under the law. So what Paul does is basically shows up that now there is a legal Hallelujah. legal by the blood for you to become righteous. You're, you, you become citizens. You're no longer slaves. You become sons. You're no longer servants simply because of the righteousness you've got now. So now I've got to get a son attitude, don't I? How many, I had a servant attitude for a while. I had a slave attitude. God, whatever you want me to do, don't whip me. And every time I make a mistake, God did that to me. No, God doesn't do anything to you, praise God. You do it to yourself by not obeying the laws that are in the book. Glory to God. So you're a son. Hallelujah. You're a citizen of the kingdom. How many of you are citizens citizen of the United States? How many of you know that you have legal rights in the United States that belong to you? How many of you know if you don't get those rights, you will get mad and try to do something about it? Well, it's the same way in the spiritual realm. You've got a legal right to walk in divine health. Thank you for your excitement this morning. Yeah, you've got a legal right to walk in divine health. You've got a legal right to walk in victory, be happy, be full of joy, be full of peace. You have a right to do that, but how many of you know it's just not going to fall on you? I'll tell you, if you never file for Social Security, don't wait till they hunt you down. Because they ain't coming. If you don't file for it, they ain't coming. If you don't go after it, they ain't giving it to you. They could care less about you, praise God. But this is the thing. We, we, we've got to fight sometimes for what's trying to come into our life that doesn't belong in our life. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got the authority to do that. We've got the power to do that. We've got the name of Jesus to do that. Where every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. Is Lord. So we have a new kind of fellowship, and this fellowship is based on legalities. Say le- legalities. legalities. See, I have a legal right to walk in health. I have a legal right to walk in victory. I have a legal right to be happy, praise God. To have joy. If you don't have joy, it's because someone stole your joy. And the enemy comes to kill and destroy. Yeah, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, praise God. So anything that God has already given you, you've got to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free. So it's a daily walk, isn't it? I'm walking daily every morning I've got to get up and I've got to tell myself I'm walking in joy today I'm using the name of Jesus I'm not going to try to heal somebody today I'm going to heal them praise God if they need heal I'm not in the try stage anymore because you already told me to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover I'm not going to try to cast the devil out today I'm going to cast him out because he told me I'd cast the devil out I'm going to do the same works that he did in greater works why he said that sometimes we think we wrote the Bible and we're trying to get God to believe it no he wrote it that's what he said and if he's not a liar and he's faithful then all these things belong to us that we're fighting for most of the time. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. the kingdom generation rises up, people are going to really be shook. I'm telling you, when you talk about shaking, there's going to be some whole lot of shaking going on, praise God, at that time. I'm telling you right now. And it's just not going to be in the world. It's going to be in the church. Because there are people in the earth that don't know about this shaking either. In the church going every Sunday, every Wednesday, hallelujah, doing good. But when the power of God starts to hit, how many know if you're still in your natural mind? They don't stick around very long. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, Romans chapter 5. Look at verse 1 therefore, talking about you being justified by faith, we now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice and hope for the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope makes not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. That's a mouthful there. Let's go back. Look at verse 2. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we now stand. So that tells you right there. First you said you've been justified. You've been justified by grace. That grace you're going to have to stand in. Why? Because something's going to come to convince you that that grace is not there. I mean, if you start off and you've been angry your whole life, and you're deciding you're not an angry man anymore, you don't get angry anymore, How I many you know there may become situations come across your life that may try to make you angry. Anybody with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to come, aren't they? They're going to come. So what does he say? What are you going to have to do? We glory in tribulations. Thank God this guy's being a jerk right now because I want to choke him, but now i got a chance to practice not being a jerk and shake his hand and walk away without killing him. Praise God. I'm growing in the things of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Sickness hits your body. What is that? It's a tribulation. It's another chance. Say, hey, by the way, devil, I've been healed 2,000 years ago. Back to the cross, Jesus already paid for it. All they say, but we look at him. What we do is we cater to him. We accept them. We go down to them because we don't know that we don't have to do that anymore. So he says, by tribulations, we'll work patience. How I many you know? If nobody ever crosses you or everything goes your way, you don't really have to be very patient. The only time you're not patient is when you don't get your way. Hallelujah. It's fun. You can watch the kids, you know, every time they don't get their way. You're just like an adult. <laughs> And then when they still don't get their way, two seconds later, they're up playing again and doing everything. What is that? That's the way we were born. That's the way we are. We'll do our best to let somebody know, bless God, that we're not happy and hope it manipulates them to make us happy and that won't make us happy anyway. See, but we don't like that, do we? But patience comes when you're patient all the time. And we can do that because look what's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. The love of who? God. Of who? God. How many know God is love? So I've got the love. of Lord, give me more love. Give me more love. How's he going to give you more love for God's sakes? No, no. He tells you to use what you got. Okay. Now, how many of you ever think that you might have an opportunity to love or not in a situation? Yeah. Every day I live for you, Lord. Yeah. Every day you're going to run into something like that. But notice we've got the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Now, notice the worldly love. The worldly love is uh, I just want to love somebody. So, I love somebody, and if I got a good friend, I'll like them for a little bit. Then, sooner or later, bitterness will probably come in, jealousy will probably come in, all these things will probably come in, and you love them, and love's all over the place. How I many know the person who does the commercial on TV loves you? How I many know they've never met you? You've never even taken their stupid thing that they got, and they still love you, they say. Well, love's just been tossed around all over the place, but true love is unconditional unconditional love that you have and you have the we have the ability to do that we've got god's nature on the inside of us so we can do that but sometimes we, we don't act that way because we forget praise god what we got on the inside of it so basically worldly love is a love that i love you as long as we're getting along and you're very nice to me and everything's going real good then i love you but if it doesn't work i do not love you that much anymore so god's love is on the inside of us and we can do it love is patient love is kind Love is never envious. Love is never rude. Every wedding, read those things. I don't think either couple's even listening. <laughs> they just go through the motions and do it. And what I've done with weddings that I really like is I put their name in there. I mean, that puts a little pressure on them. Amen. So they've got to say, honey, I am patient. I am kind. I am. See, they've got to say it right to them. It's easy to quote the scripture. How many know it's easy, easy to know it and quote it? easy to know and quote all these things but it's not that way praise God the love of God is what's going to change this world right now the love of God's what's going to make a difference and even though it looks like it's going to fail every single time love never hey. but that, that's not where we were taught that's not how we grew up that's not the way to do things but basically as we start walking like God does and we love like God does and we and we use the vocabulary of silence I mean no that's one of the hardest ones Cause we've all got an opinion and a peace of mind and it's correct <laughs> yep we're correct but no it's that way it's love sometimes the holy ghost will just tell you to listen yeah. and then walk away or whatever but what are we doing we're loving the other person no matter what and how many there's people out there who are tough to love yeah. notice if people in church who are searching for god and seeking god and, and loving god have trouble getting along How about out in the world where everybody's just a mess? Praise God. It's going to be hard to get along. So notice we have the greatest miracle that ever took place. Not only did we get the nature of God, but we got the love of God on the inside of us. Now we choose to use that love. That's part of our nature. Do we have peace? Yes. Do we have joy? We have righteousness, peace, and joy where? In the Holy Holy Ghost. Ghost. All right, go to John chapter 16. All right, John chapter 16, Jesus once again, verse 27. It says, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So how many of you believe Jesus came from God? How many love Jesus? So now notice, if you do that, then here it says the Father does what? He loves me. He loves me. He actually loves me. He he used to sort of like me. Then he liked me. Then he really sort of liked me. And now I know that he loves me. He loves us, praise God. He loves you. Does he know everything about you? Yes. Does he love you? Yes. Now, that's not the way I grew up. The way I grew up, God was God. God was God. He was holy. He was righteous. He was unapproachable, God. Ever on the alert to see what I was doing wrong. It's almost like Santa. He was making a list and checking it twice. Because that's what I was taught. God, God going to get you. Ever hear that? God going to get you oh he's going to get you he's not out to get you he's out to have a relation with you and basically because of that we shrink back from God don't we when you're in that opinion and then you can't have fellowship with God and can't have a relationship with God when we go through things how many know many times we blame it on God and we do that because we've been taught that God is in control of everything so anything that goes wrong we blame God because he was in control to not let that happen in our lives are you following? So the whole church believes God's in control of everything. Well, I got hit by a truck. That darn God, I don't know where he was. He doesn't love me anymore. I get, no, don't walk out in the middle of it. Right. You see, God is never your problem, ever. Man, I've tried to make him my problem a lot of times, and it hasn't worked out. Why? Because when things go wrong, it don't want to be your problem. You want somebody else's problem, praise God. It's got to be God, or it's God's will. God's will, I fell down, broke my arm, I was in the hospital. They cut the wrong arm off, and... God was trying to teach me that I don't need arms, and I've been growing from that ever since, and God's just a wonderful, no, 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 praise God. That's not the God I serve. Maybe it's the God somebody else serves, but I don't really want to serve that God, praise God. And, I mean, a lot of things depend on what you do. He told you to lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Now, if you don't lay hands, you can't blame him. See, was God in control of that situation? No. He told you to pray. If you don't pray, is God in control of that situation? No, he's given us authority, and that's what we don't understand. We want God to do everything, but we have a responsibility, and nobody wants a responsibility in the church. They want God to have all the responsibility, so he gets all the blame or don't get it. No, I get the blame for not doing what God told me to do, and I don't do it, praise God. You know, you even hear preachers, well, God told me if I just went out and had an affair, my marriage would be a lot better. I'm thinking, where are you at, man? Give me a break. What's the matter with you anyway? Why is that? Because they're listening to the devil, then they want to blame everything on God, see? Well, it's not God, praise God. It's us. So we want to find out what he wants done. and We want to obey him. Hallelujah. If you get picked up for speeding, it's because you were speeding. The Holy Ghost was not pushing on the pedal at the time that you got picked up. And God was not in control trying to pull him off of there and didn't get him off in time. See? There's things you do in the natural that are law. And there are things you do in the spiritual that are laws. And one of the things we have to do, we have to love one another unconditionally. We have to forgive one another. Why? Because it's your sake and their sake. There's a sake where you got in it too. So the love of God has been shed. Here it says that that he loves us. Go to John 17. Look at verse 23. Jesus said, I in them and thou in me and that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as much as he loved me. Now this was good because I never thought he loved me as much as he loved Jesus. But if the scripture is true, then he loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. And how many know he's got a right to love Jesus? Yeah. he got no right to love me whatsoever, praise God. So one thing we've got to get out of the mind is that fallen nature that we've got, that, that mindset we've got. And basically one of the biggest scriptures that they have are, the, are the, the things that they have is the prodigal son. That's what he was trying to explain people there. We go into the pig pen. How many been in there? Yeah. Ate the husks. <laughs> Weren't very good. One thing, we came to ourselves. I don't understand that. Hey, come to yourself. You're already there, aren't you? Came to myself. Oh, there I am. So it may have something to do with the thought life, right, where I came to myself all at once, and, and I'm going back to God. But I'm going to go back as a loser. I'm not worthy. I can't do anything. And there's Father God jumping up and down, got the ring in one pocket. He's got the thing over here ready to give it. Yeah, I can't do that, God. You know how bad I was. And then you've got to get over that. So he's showing you how, the Father's viewpoint of this and our viewpoint. Now, you can go with either viewpoint you want. We can choose to do that. But I found out that I didn't want to be a prodigal son anymore, and I didn't want to be the other son who went by works with God. I just wanted to be loved by God just because he simply loved me, praise God, and that was the only reason. So that means for some people, you're going to have to do some things to some people that you do just because you love them, not because they did something for you, not because they were special to you, simply because you're commanded to love the people around you. All right, go to Romans chapter 6. And I'm glad Santa wasn't out there last night. Woohoo! Imagine that sleigh. Dear Lord, reindeers have been all over the place last night. <laughs> My gosh. That would have been dangerous. <laughs> all right, Romans chapter 5. We'll read through this. 6-5. Romans 6-5. It says, For if we, say that's us, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, how many know you were? You were a failure, all that stuff. You were planted in the likeness. He became like you. We shall also be in the likeness of his what? Resurrection. So as he is, so are we in the world. Knowing this, that our old man is, say is. Is. Notice he's not being crucified. He is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Freed from sin. You don't have to sin anymore. You don't have to do it. Well, everybody sins. I don't care if everybody does or not. You don't have to. It's up to you. So sin should slowly lose your life. As the light of the gospel comes in, how many know the darkness that you're dealing with will exit automatically without you fighting it or anything else? It's just the revelation of who he is. Verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more, death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died... He died once to sin, but he that lives, he lives unto who? God. Now notice, here's your responsibility. This is not God. Likewise, reckon ye yourselves to be fighting, to be dying, to be doing your best. No, dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, you let not sin rule or reign in your mortal body that you obey the lusts thereof. So notice, that doesn't have anything to do with God. He already did everything that he's going to do. Now it's my decision. How am I going to live? How am I going to walk? What am I going to do? Uh, Am I I going to continue to sin? And people, even when you get addictions, you can come out of that, but you've got to use your mouth to do that. It's just not a thought. It's a mouth. In other words, while you're drinking the drink, you've got to proclaim that you've been set free by the power of God. Why is that? Because you're agreeing with the word of God. You're allowing the anointing to work in your life. And pretty soon you'll wake up one morning and you won't want the drink anymore. It'll be a supernatural power of God that sets you free. If you claim that I'm an angry man, my whole family is an angry man. If you get to a point to where you no longer claim that and claim that I never get angry, even when you get angry, you just repent and say, I never get angry. I don't know who that was who did that, but we don't get angry anymore. And sooner or later you're going to come to a place where you get free from that. But it's all by what Jesus did. It's not by what you do, but it's by the power of God that's already on the inside of each and every one of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. So basically, we've been living as slaves, but it's because we haven't been taught that we don't have to. You've been taught that you've got to be a slave. You've been taught that you've got to be someone who's under the dominion of sin, under the dominion of the devil, under the dominion of everything else, but not, praise God. That's not the way it is. You have authority to walk out of these things if you choose to do that, praise God. It's entirely up to each and every one of us. Now, what happens if I don't do that? Well, then basically, I'm living a life where I'm denying the work of Jesus Christ. What he did for me, I'm not, I'm not taking advantage of. I'm, not, I'm denying. Are you righteous? I should say I'm not. Well, then what did Jesus do when he went to the cross? Well, I don't know, but I'm certainly not righteous. I know I'm not righteous. Well, you're denying what he provided for you. You're denying what the blood paid for. We're denying the position that he's already given us. You've been raised and seated in the heavenly places far above all principality, power, might, and dominion and every name that is name, praise God. That's who you are. So the question comes down, are we going to believe the world or are we going to believe God? See, and that's the way it always is, isn't it? It's always the word versus the world. The only way you're ever going to do that is by stick with the word, praise God. So we're new creations. We let not the old creation rule, but you have a choice today to walk in perfect love and peace and joy your whole life. One more. Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Is it hot in here or is it just me? The Lord, working up a sweat. Here God. I don't have the outfit on this morning. My gosh, I'd be losing 30 pounds preaching a 15 minute gospel, for God's sakes. The verse verse was Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11. All right, Hebrews chapter 9, look at verse 11. But Christ, being come on a high priest of good things to come by the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with his hands, that is to say, not of this building neither by the blood of calves and goats, but by his own blood entered he once into the holy place, having obtained an eternal redemption for me. Now, how many know if he did it for me, he did it for you? So notice, how long is that redemption good? Is it good for this week? Next week, as long as I'm good or bad? No, it's an eternal redemption that has been given to you along with the eternal life you have on the inside so we can walk free every single day by just standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. And basically everything we get from God is by grace. Say grace. Grace. Now, grace is basically just what Jesus provided for you freely. That's grace. Some people say, well, I messed that up, but thank God for the grace of God. The grace of God doesn't have anything to do with you messing up. You're thinking grace still covers you for being stupid. And that's not what it's for. Grace is a gift. It's a free gift. You were saved by grace, grace, the free gift. Through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift gift of God. So righteousness is a gift, but it's by grace. Grace isn't there to cover up your unrighteousness. It's there to make sure that you walk in the righteousness that was freely given to each and every one of us. That's why it says we have grace upon grace. Why? Because not only do you have the free gift, which is grace, but you need grace to receive the grace grace. Thank God it's grace upon grace. So what do I have to do with it? The grace is his. He gave me for free. The, the grace to receive the grace is from him. So I just have to believe it. Right. They came to Jesus one time. What do we have to do? What do we have to do to be like you? What, and I'm sure they had their pens. <laughs> Step one, two, three, four. Here it comes. Here it comes. Jesus says, believe, Walks away. Amen. I mean, no, that wasn't no fun. No, they were looking for 25 different things there. But it's just belief. That's what we do. We just believe. That's all we do. The rest of it's been done by Jesus and provided for. Now, what does this do? And what did this do for me? It helped me, my faith. I had more faith. You can't have faith when you're, when you're guilty. You can't have faith when you're in condemnation. You can't have pray to God and expect to get something when you don't think God wants to give it to you anyway and God doesn't like you and you're trying to manipulate him to do it. That's why it says don't pray the same thing over and over and over again. If you're praying, 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 and it ain't working, change it. Because if you're praying wrong and God ain't doing anything about it, apparently you're not lining up with the kingdom of God and what God wants to do. So you don't pray that prayer over and over. How many were in a church or denomination where you prayed the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over? And how many know you got no results? But tradition's tough. Kept praying it anyway. Why? It's going to happen. It's, how long am I going to be doing this? 20 years. It's going to happen, though, pretty soon. If not, they told me it's going to, when I die and get to heaven. Well, yeah, it is going to happen then, but I'd sort of want it now. See, so all these things are there. We just line up with the kingdom of God. But you got right standing. You can come boldly to him any single time. You can state your case. I mean, the Bible talks about a trial of faith. See, you're under trial. Symptom hits my body. Praise God, I get the evidence. I go before God and I say, Courts in order. Yeah, I don't feel very good today, but let me give you some evidence here. By His stripes I've been healed. He bore my sicknesses, carried my diseases. With His stripes I've been healed. i been in His Word of God, so that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And the devil goes blah, 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 blah. and God says, "That's it. You ain't got nothing, devil. Gone. Praise God." You walk out of the place. But how many know if you walk in with no evidence, you go to trial with no evidence, you in trouble. Yeah. So we've got it right here. So I'm going to walk in my righteousness. That's what the Bible said. I'm going to walk in my peace. This is what the Bible says. This is my evidence. And God's there to back you every single time. Praise God. As long as you're in line with him. Hallelujah. All right. Let's pray for the the people who watch us. You want to do that? Just close your eyes. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you for the people who watch us online. I thank you right now that you get a revelation of this righteousness and how much God loves you and cares for you. I thank you right now that I break off of you. That guilt and condemnation has been riding you around all the time. You've been working yourself silly trying to get out of the things that basically that you think God's got against you, but He don't. He loves you. The love of God's on the inside of you. And right now I break guilt, condemnation, anything holding you back right now in the name of Jesus off of your mindset. And I thank you right now for a closer and better relationship with Him. And we give you the praise and glory and rejoice with you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, 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 Amen. amen. Uh,
1: Last Sunday when, when I left here Sunday evening, Um, I started to get a whisper from the Lord as to um, uh, the the teaching that uh, went on Sunday morning that uh, I had no idea was going to come forth. It was orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. I just um, obeyed what he told me to do. Okay. Um, But I kind of had a strong, strong feeling like deep within my spirit that um, I, I was not uh, finished and i and I started to um, intellectualize how, how many of you know that's that's dangerous when you start to um, th- give thoughts t- to your mind that really are uh, doubts and disbelief from the devil okay um, and and I uh, kind of was arguing and saying um it's 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 a done deal. I'm not going to send out uh, emails. To everybody, I'm not going to broadcast uh, what is uh, is to come, uh, because um, we we knew that morning we were scheduled to be uh, down in uh, uh, Boca Raton at uh, Florida Atlantic University, helping out with our our Jewish friends. Um, And so throughout the whole week, I was kind of, uh, there was a kind of a a tumbling uh, troubleness going on uh, uh, within my spirit uh, that um, I I was not finished doing what I was supposed to do. um, And the Lord just said, cool your jets, uh, Teddy. There's nothing to be concerned about. So that's what I did. And then um, we uh, made a decision. uh, yesterday uh, evening, uh, to cancel uh, the meeting uh, this morning because of the inclemency of the weather, etc., um, etc., cetera, et cetera. and I still didn't feel anything, but um, let's just take one step at a time. And driving up this morning, um, my beloved here shared a thought with me that she had received from another sister. Um, um, about the teaching that went on last week. And the Holy Ghost came upon me. um, And so I'm just going to kind of fill in some of the blanks uh, from last week uh, because of the time uh, restrictions. But if you would, just turn with me in your Bibles um, into 1 Corinthians 12, please. And in verse 4, The Bible says, Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Every man. The manifestations of the Spirit, saints, are given to every man, to every woman. That means you. Hello, are you with me? Good. Thank you for the three Amens. I really appreciate that. It encourages me. <laughs> Maria, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Okay, for one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, another discerning of spirits, to another a divers' um, kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and same, self-same spirit, Dividing to every man severally as he will, for as the one, as the the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that, that one body. Um, being many, are one body, also in Christ. Amen. Now, I, I want to start out by saying this very quickly. If you'll notice, these nine gifts of the Spirit that are available to each and every one of us, one of those gifts is the gift of faith. Now, it's not the same type of gift of faith that necessarily focuses on whether or not you believe that Yeshua, Jesus, is Lord and Christ and your personal Savior. It's not necessarily that... uh, acclamation that you made when you were born again but it is a now faith that says to you as a believer step forth open your mouth say something because I want to use you now let me assure you that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you feel that Sometimes it's like a thumping of your heart. Sometimes it's like a bubbling in your belly. Sometimes it's a shaking going on. It's like, wow, what's happening to me? Okay? Now, it's not always that way, and you don't always have to have a physical manifestation, but oftentimes the Holy Ghost, when he comes upon you, will manifest himself particularly when you're first starting to get into this area of the gifts. Now, we all have, by the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we have, well, we should have, the gift of tongues, which we use in a personal prayer time. It's a heavenly language. The beautiful thing about praying in tongues is that you can pray in tongues in the shower. You can pray in tongues at the table. You can pray in tongues while you're walking down the street. You can pray in tongues while you're driving your car. It, it, it's something that you control. You control. And when you pray in tongues, personally, you have an uh, uninterrupted, uninterrupted communication with the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Ghost, that comes out of your belly and the, and the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Okay? And so once you start to get used to the fact that that gift is a supernatural gift, it's a miracle that God has done in your life. He's given you that gift for a purpose. And the purpose of that gift is that you use it. Yes. Amen? Amen. Well, so too with the gifts of the Spirit. Last week, we focused on the gift of tongues in the assembly. The gift of tongues in the assembly, where the Spirit uses you to come forth and to speak in an unknown language by the Spirit of God so that someone else can come by and interpret and bless the body. It is important, it's an important gift. It's a kind of an elementary gift. It's a training gift. It's a gift that it comes like an entranceway into some of, some of the, uh, if you want, deeper gifts, uh, the gift of uh, healing, uh, the gift of uh, miracles, the gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, okay? So it's a kind of a way to get started, if you like just like when you start to pray in tongues initially just two or three words come out of your mouth but later on you can pray in tongues and pray in tongues and pray in tongues uh, for even an hour uh, on end as the spirit gives you utterance well again so too with the gift of tongues and the assembly now the question that may come about is this how does this Come about? How do I do this, and when do I do this? Well, I can tell you from a practical perspective, and having been um, a pastor, having been an evangelist, and traveled, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, seeing different uh, assemblies and operation, etc. There is a time during praise and worship, generally speaking, generally speaking, when praise and worship is starting to wrap up. Okay, and there is a uh, perhaps a silence, or there is a time of uh, of uh, uh, rest uh, before the final uh, closing to uh, uh, to that um, uh, chapter, if you like, during praise uh, uh, and worship, Um, uh, and the the uh, leader of the uh, of the worship uh, will leave some space, some time. You, you know that, that that's what goes on uh, here. That is a time, it doesn't have to be the only time, but that is a good time if the Spirit comes upon you to open up your mouth. And when you open up your mouth and you speak forth in tongues, then there needs to be an interpretation. And that interpretation will come forth from someone right here in the Assembly or maybe the interpretation will come from you yourself. Now you'll say, wow, that's really pushing the envelope. No, that's just allowing the Holy Ghost to move through you and to use you as a vessel, okay? The Holy Ghost wants to use you. These gifts are there for the offering. And a pastor spoke this morning about signs and wonders and miracles becoming like everyday normalcy and that's what's going to happen kids that is definitely what's going to happen okay so what we're doing here this morning is throwing out some teaching throwing out some training so that you know how to take the next step okay and the gifts are the next step because as you as you notice One of the nine gifts is the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. So there they are right there, you see. So as you start in one, God kind of promotes you to the next uh, level and the next level and the next level and the next level. Um, And before you know it, you're walking down the street and your shadow is falling on people and people are getting healed by your shadow. Do you understand? Okay. Okay. These are signs and wonders and miracles if you will be bold enough and brave enough and just operate in faith and go forth. Amen? And as you go forth, God will grant you more and more faith as he grants you more and more gifts. Are you with me this morning? Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. He works. He's faithful. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we bless you today, Lord. We bless you today, Lord, because you bless us over and over and over again. You are a good God. You are a God of heaven and earth. You are God almighty, God all-powerful, God who is omnipresent, God who is all-knowing. Lord, even this day, as we venture forth and go, go deeper and deeper into you and into your presence, and into your dwelling place, Lord. Uh, Just allow the gifts that are available by your Spirit, allow them to grow within us, allow them to prosper, allow them to multiply, and allow us to walk in faith, holding you, Lord Yeshua, above all gods. We give you thanks and praise this morning. Amen and amen. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed.